You're listening to episode 33 of Scaling Up. Welcome to Scaling Up with personal brand and freedom stylist, Elizabeth Hartke. Each week, Elizabeth brings you the tools you need to create a life of true freedom and fulfillment by scaling and monetizing your personal brand. Get clarity, become a leader in your field and make an impact that pays. Grab your favorite healthy smoothie or beer and let's get to the show. When you start a podcast, you start to create this dream list of people that you would love to speak to, but they feel kind of out of reach because you like admire them and you fangirl over them and you've learned so much from them. That's Chris Hogan. From the first time I saw Chris Hogan speak at Entree Leadership, Dave Ramsey's big event, I knew that I would be a follower for life and that he would lead me in all things finance. And he has. He is a Dave Ramsey personality, but let me tell you, he is his own big personality. Chris is a incredibly sought after speaker, speaking at amazing events. He is a diverse speaker and he talks about everything from motivation and how to lead a team and encouraging business leaders, but also everything in the finance space. How can you become the best version of yourself and build wealth along the way? In his latest book that I loved, absolutely loved, and cannot recommend enough to you and everybody you know, Everyday Millionaire, Chris talks all about how ordinary people can build extraordinary wealth. That is a concept that I think so few people understand. How many times have you ever looked at other people who are successful and they have the cars and the houses or maybe even just the things that you admire like putting their kids through college without debt or having paid off their own debt or having a big nest egg for security for their family. Chris destroys millionaire myths that are keeping everyday people from achieving financial independence. He crafted the biggest survey of millionaires that exists, over 10,000 U.S. millionaires, and he pinpointed how these high net worth people are reaching their financial status. But the cool thing that you're going to learn from Chris today is that these people are not the people that you think. This is the person next door who drives the Honda Accord, or it might be that teacher at the school that's worth $3 million and you never knew it. What did they do? How did they do it? And how can you do it too? Chris is amazing. I adore him. And make sure you click the link in the show notes to be able to take his quiz to find out when you'll be able to retire based on your goals. It is so cool. He created this retire-inspired quotient, and you've got to take it. So you get, it's free, and you can click it in our show notes and get access to that and find out when you'll be sitting pretty on a beach someday. But let's get to the show with Chris. I was actually kind of nervous for this episode. It probably shows, so forgive me if I'm just nerding out over the fact that I get to have this conversation with someone who's been a mentor for me for years, someone I admire and adore how he not just runs his business and serves other people in his business, but how he lives his life, how he is as a father, as a Christian man, as a husband, all the things that I really admire more than anything else. So let's do it. What a blessing and a full circle moment to have Chris Hogan on Scaling Up. I'm so excited to welcome you to the show. Thanks for being here. Sure. No, thank you very much. It's a pleasure. In my eyes, you are an absolute legend in this space. And I will never forget the first time I saw you speak a few years back. It was at Entree Leadership and then again in 2018 because I knew I had a new mentor in my life, even from a distance. And one thing that you said that has always stuck out to me and something that I remind myself of after years of working on my own and entrepreneurship is 
battle is necessary. And that simple truth has rung true for me so many times over when I wanted to wave the white flag. So I have to thank you for that. Oh, thank you very, very much. And that is something, you know, when you're out on your own, you do have to be able to find those sources of motivation and the things that help you keep going because it's, it's hard. And especially when you're on your own because you can feel alienated. Absolutely. Can you tell us, I'm, I read the book before we scheduled this interview and then I reread the book and I think I possibly wrote in your book more than you wrote in your book. I take notes in the margin because there were so many things that stuck out to me. But before we dive into everyday millionaires, can you tell us a little bit more about the road that led you here? Because I know that people really resonate with that story of the entrepreneur. Like you weren't born into this life. So what did that path look like, your upbringing, and what kind of made you end up here today? Well, you know what? I was raised in a lower middle income family in Kentucky, and my family is very competitive. So growing up, when we play cards or board games, it was like the mini Olympics, right? It's a, I was pre-programmed early in life that battle is good and winning is fantastic. But being around people that were just uh, amazing mentors for me and my family, my teachers that I was around, and especially my athletic coaches, I've been fortunate to have people to see more, I think, in me than maybe I saw in myself at an early age. But I was always coachable. And so being willing to learn. And being like a sponge. And I, so I think that those skills have all translated moving into the business world, not having much fear because as entrepreneurs, we don't have fear, right? We'll take risks. We'll do things. Uh, we don't always plan ahead necessarily and understand things because we have this desire and this drive. And so I think all of those things have made me very aware now of understanding the importance, not only of just planning, but also precision. That I want to make sure that I'm aiming my resources, my time, my talent and my energy and focus in the right directions and for the right result. Yeah. Amen to that. And you talk about, you mentioned coaches and people in your life. You have that story in the book and it totally stuck out to me about that coach you had when you were getting dropped off after practice one day and what he said to you that probably changed a big trajectory of your life. Can you talk about that a little? Cause I think about how important it is that we are planting those seeds for other people because maybe you wouldn't be in this position today and that you had someone that did that for you. Yeah, no, it was so true. This was back when I was playing baseball around 11 or 12 and a coach was taking a group of us home. There were three of us in his car this time and he was taking one friend home who lived in a more affluent area of town. And I'll never forget, we dropped him off and it was myself and another guy in there as well as my friend that lived there. We dropped him off and then the coach and the two of us were driving to our side of town. And the coach, before he pulled out of the neighborhood, he said, hey, guys, I just want you all to look around and realize that you can have a house like this one day if you want. He said, you can do this. This is something you can do. And my other friend continued to talk about something else. And I kind of tuned out for the next five minutes. It was one of those where I began to look around and I looked at things differently. I had seen those homes, but I had never visualized me in one of those. I didn't realize that that's something that was possible. I had never thought about it. And it was a, a, a statement that he made that really started to not only resonate in my head, it started to really ping around in my heart. And I had to start to look at things a little bit differently and start making some choices for myself. Yeah. And I get goosebumps hearing that story and almost drift off getting a little emotional thinking of the people in my life who have done that for me and maybe to have taken that for granted, you know, just that one comment or that one here, look at life through this lens. Maybe you're seeing it differently. 
And maybe you need to see it this way so that you can understand the potential that you have in your hands. And that's such a gift. And I see you doing that in such a huge capacity in, in your mission and just in writing this book. And I have to tell you a story. I was reading through my many notes in your book the other day while I was getting my toes done. And the pedicurist says to me, what are you reading? So I kind of already had a idea of how this conversation might go, having read the book and just having interacted with so many people over the years. And I said, oh, I'm reading Everyday Millionaires by Chris Hogan. She said, oh, what's that about? And I just said, well, it's about putting, I want to put your theory to the test, right? So I said, it's about how really anyone can become a millionaire and that power is in your hands. And he studied over 10,000 millionaires and it's all the evidence behind the fact that this is something that we all can do. And there's so much power in that opportunity. And her response was kind of what I predicted. And she said, ha, yeah, right. Well, that'd be nice, huh? And I wanted to get your thoughts on that because I have a feeling I know what you're going to say about it, but I want to hear it from your angle because her response, I feel like is she hasn't had someone speak that truth into her life yet. No, you're absolutely right. And oftentimes, whenever we're presented with a question like that, the first place that we go is inside, right? We go inside ourselves and we start to ask, is this something that I've ever heard that I could do? Do I believe I can? Do my close family and friends think this is something that could be done? And so the natural response is resistance. And I think that that's a normal thing initially. But I think what people need to do is really start to drill into and understand there are three areas that are imperative. What you believe, the knowledge you have, and the actions that you take really determine the trajectory of your life. And so for her, the doubt is not anything that I would be offended by. I actually expect it. And you're right. She's not had those words spoken to her. And we don't know what she's gone through in life. But here's what I tell the world. I don't care where you come from. All I'm worried about is where you're going, which means we've all had setbacks. We've all had challenges and, and different start points in our lives. But the reality is, is we don't need a permission slip. There's no one that can sign this that gives us the magic touch to go. We get to decide that each and every day. Yeah, absolutely. And, I, and you talk about that chapter in the book of the crisis of responsibility in this country. And to quote you, you said, wherever you are financially, it's because you allowed it. And I think that will tick off a lot of people. But it's an epidemic, Chris, and it's more and more people are giving up ownership of their own lives and waiting for someone else or the government or their family or society or the universe to fix it. And I ran a poll on my Instagram stories the other day asking people about that statement that you put in the book that the stat of 97, I think it was 97% of millionaires agree with the statement, I control my own life or I control my own destiny. And the other option I put up was if they didn't agree with that was, no, it's all about the cards I'm dealt. And I was happy to see that my audience, most of them chose I control my own destiny, but a little bit of a disturbing number to me still had that victim way of thinking. And this one just, it really fires me up. So what are some things we can do to help people when they're stuck in that way of thinking. And I've got to be honest, I grew up in that way of thinking. It took a lot of work to get out of it, but I would love to hear your input on that. Well, Elizabeth, you're right. And oftentimes you have a lot of people that are still thinking in that way. And I don't see them as a lost cause. I see them as an opportunity, which simply means is their frame of reference can't bring it in yet. Right. And I had a friend of mine that was battling cancer 
And in my opinion, anybody that deserved to go through a period of negative was him. But he still did. Like, it, it was one of the things that he said, this didn't happen to me. He goes, I, I, I'm getting an opportunity to show people how to handle it. And I thought, wow, okay, here's a person that deserves to be able to be a little negative and a little frustrated and a little irritated, but they're still choosing to look at it a different way. And I think it's that whole, goes back to the whole concept, glass half full, half empty, right? It's, it's your perception, your perspective. But I would say this, I think regardless, I think people have moved from being kind of the minded where we have to blame somebody, right? It, it has to be because if we can blame someone else, we don't have to take personal responsibility. And I think in our political world today, in our economic world today, in our educational world, we all can have that on. And it's not a political affiliation. This is a personal choice that people are making. So I just want to encourage people just to look at it differently and just to decide for yourself. And it's a thing you have to train yourself to do. Elizabeth, this is not something that just happens overnight. It's like you said, you grew up in a family that had this certain mindset and thought process. And what we have to realize is as adults, we get to choose for ourselves. Our parents dictated things when we were younger, but as an adult, we have the power of choice. Yes. And I think people forget that. And it's funny, my dad, it just reminded me of my father cut out this little clipping from the newspaper back when I was a kid. It said, once you're 18, it's time to stop blaming your parents. And he like put it, he laminated it and stuck it up on the counter right underneath another little clipping that he put saying, why aren't you in the driveway practicing your free throws? So it was just this constant reminder of like, all right, I got to take ownership. Like 18's right around the corner and it's time to man up and, and figure life out. So I would love to talk with you. You studied over 10,000 millionaires. Like that's, you know, a couple of millionaires. <laughs> Can you tell me a little bit about those people? Like what were some of the common threads and themes of these everyday millionaires? Well, I can tell you this thing that just blew me away was story after story. There's stats in there about the study and there's information in there that I'm teaching people, but the stories are the things that I love. And looking through this and as I talk to people and, and talk about millionaires, everyone automatically tries to think of the fancy lady on a, in a fancy business suit leaning on an expensive car in front of a big house. And the reality is, is no, these are everyday hardworking men and women that are working regular jobs. They're not C-suite executives, right? Chief executive officer, chief marketing officer, CFO, not at all. Not top three jobs of these millionaires, over 10,000. Number one was engineer, which does make sense, right? Engineers plan stuff. Number mm -hmm. Accountants make sense too, Elizabeth. They count stuff, right? Number three was teachers, like college and high school teachers and professors. And it, that blew me away because teachers are, in my opinion, underpaid, right? And underappreciated. Yeah. Uh, mindset of this is, is it's not about your income. A lot of people believe you need a big income. Not true. A third of these millionaires didn't have a six-figure income household. Now, hear me with that. Household, that means if two of them were working outside of the home combined, they didn't make six figures. So it's not about your job. It's not about your income. It's about your plan. It's about being intentional, right? And walking through the process of putting yourself on a path to become a millionaire. That blew me away when I read the book because I had this expectation. And I guess, you know, your perceptions from a kid kind of uh, from childhood stick with you. And we put 
millionaires on this pedestal. And it's like you said, like that fancy person in front of the fancy house. But the fact that these were real people, and I listen to your show all the time and everything. So I hear the people calling in and it's like, these are normal people that live next door to you that you might not realize have done the work to get here. And it made my brain explode the first time I read it. And it was like such a gift. And so that pedicurist that said that to me, I said, okay, I'm scheduling an appointment with you in two weeks and I'm going to come with a gift. And I just ordered a second copy and I'm bringing her the copy because in my mind, it was like, oh my God, imagine if she reads this and gets the, understands the power that she has in her hand, how she will be changing generations. She's going to be breaking the cycle. And I think that is one of the enormous gifts you're giving people through this book. I appreciate that. And I'm going to tell you something. This whole mindset of breaking the cycle, my first book, Retire Inspired, released in 2016. And I'll never forget this as long as I live. I was out in Denver doing a book signing and I looked at the line and the line's decent size and I'm excited. I'm enjoying meeting people. A lady, single mom, African-American lady, she's got a son with her that's about 10. She's standing in the line. She's holding my book and she gets up to me and I said, hello, how are you? She says, I'm great now. And I said, well, that's fantastic. I said, well, can I sign your book? She said, nope. I said, well, do you want to take a picture? She said, nope. I said, well, ma'am, what can I do for you? She said, I waited in line to tell you this. And she said, the cycle ends here. Mm, I get the goosebumps. Never forget it. She grabbed her son's hand and walked off. And I'll never forget, I stood there kind of just shocked for a minute, just processed, and I had to move on to the next person. And as that woman walked off, I don't even remember who I met next. I smiled and took the photo, and then the, the line was done. And I'll never forget, I got back to my area before I went back out on stage, and I sat there, and it hit me. The statement that this woman made by waiting in line for 15 minutes was a statement about her future, and it was a statement for her son. And it was kind of, in my mind, I got emotional because that's what my mom did for my brother and I and making those sacrifices and being intentional in the way that she approached each and every day. And so when people try to tell me that, you know, well, you can't change this, it's the way the culture is, that's a lie. All people need to do is hear an encouraging word from somebody that believes it's possible and then be able to point to people that have actually done it, not just talking about it. And that's called proof. Can we talk about your mom for a minute? Absolutely. <laughs> I just feel like as a single mother, she must have had such a profound impact on your life and, and your brother's life. What things did you learn from the way she raised you guys that are testament and just rooted in who you are today and, and a big piece of why you are where you are? Because I, I just feel like so much of it has got to come from her. Oh, it does, without a doubt. I mean, and that's my entire family. Our family network is incredibly strong. But my mom taught me, oh gosh, I, she's my heart, right? Like she's my number one fan. Mama Hogan, you know, uh, she's, she's on my side. But I think the importance of unconditional love and also believing in what's possible. She told me young to never be a Ben brother. And I was like, what are you talking about? She goes, it would have been, it could have been, and it should have been. Love that. And what she was telling me was give my all, right? Mm -hmm. It's the limitations from anybody. Just give my all, stay focused, and be clear on what it is I'm trying to accomplish and why it matters. And so that that lesson and her being behind me and pushing me was a constant and is still to this day. I was on the phone with her just this morning. It's a constant source of encouragement, and we stay connected. And so she's not just my mother. She's my best friend. 
That's beautiful. And I hope my, my little boy and my two girls say that about me someday. Right now, they're just in the stage of, you know, whining at me. Three, four-year-old, a two-year-old, and a four-month-old. So <laughs> we'll get there someday. Busy. Yes, you are very busy. But you know what? You're an example for them, even at that age, because they're watching you, right? And kids don't always hear what you say, but they, goodness gracious, they feel what you do. And so even at that, you're setting that baseline for them. And mm-hmm. so I think that's so important you know, for young kids to hear this early. And I get excited because I want young people, and I don't care where they come from, I want them to make decisions about themselves and their future. And I think if we can get people on the right path dealing with money, it opens up doors for us to be able to give, to be able to do things for ourselves as well as our community. It didn't surprise me that you said that your mom was that source of belief for you as a kid and taught you to believe in yourself because that was the number one theme that I saw throughout the whole book is just this idea of, yeah, if you don't believe you're going to be a millionaire, you're damn right. You're not going to be a millionaire. Like you have to believe it. Can we unpack that a little? Well, I think we are pre-programmed really by our experiences with family. And if you didn't have a positive experience with family or there was a lot of drama growing up or you weren't encouraged a lot, then typically we don't think we can do certain things. You know, I'll never forget, I, you know, I was playing T-ball and I struck out like three times. Playing T-ball, right? The ball's not moving. But I was swinging so hard because I wanted to crush it that I was knocking the T over, right? And I'll never forget, I would glance back and look at my family and they would just be clapping. They'd be like, you got it, man, you got it. And I'll never forget, right? And another friend of mine did the same thing and his dad was just back there raging at him. Do better, you're better than that. You know, and we're like seven. That stood out to me. It was two different examples. One Mm -hmm. was a source of encouragement. Another was a source of discouragement, right? And I'll never forget that. And it was a big deal to me to really understand the value of having the right people behind you. And so what you believe is possible comes initially from what you were grown up around, but then we have to start to make decisions for ourselves. And I think we have an opportunity to do better despite our upbringing right? Regardless of what was done right or what was done wrong, we get to decide for ourselves. And I want people to acknowledge this so we don't pass on the spirit of discouragement, but we actually pass forward the encouragement for young people that are our kids, friends, our neighbors, who we go to church with, work with. I think that's a more powerful message overall. Yes. And there was, it's funny, you said you were swinging for the fences and it made me think of this. You give that example of the crock pot in the book. Like the, you're talking about the, in each chapter for those listening and who haven't read the book yet, I know you guys will. Chris talks about this idea of these everyday millionaires. It's that compound effect. Like they're putting their patience and their hard work and their money and their savings into this crock pot. And over time it builds that wealth. Well, what are we supposed to do today, Chris? Because everyone wants the instant pot. They want to throw, literally throw the bird with the feathers in the instant pot, hit the button, and four minutes later, they want chicken cacciatore. So how do we like break people of that instant gratification? Oh, I'm, I'm already in so much debt. What's another thousand bucks here, a hundred bucks there, a coffee at Starbucks, and get back to the crock pot? I think the reality is, is that our culture today has really made things seem instant. Right. And you're right. The Instapot, big craze, right? Because people want great taste and they want to cook fast. Well, the reality is, is I think we have to be realistic with ourselves and it boils down to expectation. And I think our expectations are rooted in our dreams, meaning the things that you want for down the road for yourself or your kids, kids. And I think if you can connect that you're now 
actually is the gateway to your then, then you understand there are some things I need to take control of. It doesn't mean, you know, like the the young, I've got, uh, you know, some young hipsters that I work with and they're younger and cooler than me, right? But they talk about YOLO, you know, you only live once or FOMO, right? Fear of missing out. I feel so cool now that I've learned those acronyms. But, But the bottom line is this, you can live in the day without living for the day. And what I'm saying is it's just a matter of having a plan. But I think our presence, Elizabeth, is the thing that allows us to enjoy kind of where we are. But I need to make decisions about what I want for myself. And I think when we make those decisions, we have to back it up with action. And my actions are either, listen, my coach that I talked about in the book, Coach Ernie Horning, he said, you're either getting better or you're getting worse. Nothing stays the same. And so each and every day, I want to make sure that I'm getting better. And so with people out there with that, I don't want you to feel like it's all over. It's not. You've got an opportunity today to do some things a little bit better. And when you do that, you can set up a pattern. Yes, absolutely. And I know my listeners love the tactical stuff. And I know sometimes, like, I think the more important piece of this conversation was the foundation of belief. We covered that. What are some tactical, tangible things that someone who's sitting there saying, yeah, I'd love to be a millionaire, but I never thought I could until I read Chris's book and all of a sudden I thought I could. Like, what do I do now? Well, I would say this. It boils down to what I was talking about earlier, what you believe, the knowledge you gain, and the actions that you take. So first and foremost, tactical, I want you to ask yourself, do you believe it's possible for you to become a millionaire today? Now, you need to answer that question. If you answer yes, then you can move to number two. If you answer no, I need you to review and understand why do you think that? Is it because you haven't seen any? Is it because you weren't told? I want you to dig into that. And until you believe that you can, you won't. Okay, now that's harsh and that's direct, but I need you to accept that. That's the reality. If you believe you can, now you have to go to the knowledge stage. So they're tuning in and listening and, and listening to your message because these are people that are wanting to grow, right? And so I need to, I want people to learn about money, learn about the importance of investing. You know, they said that the millionaires told me the number one tool they used to build wealth was the employer sponsored retirement plans. We're talking 401ks, 403bs, IRAs, and Roth IRAs. These are the same tools, Elizabeth, that people have available to them right now. So growing our knowledge helps us do better. The third thing is the actions that you take. And these are going to be the basics that you've heard Dave and I talk about for years. Budgeting, because I need to understand and tell my money where to go, not wonder where it went. Attacking debt. Why? So I can get my money back and it can start working for me instead of working for others. And then I build up an emergency fund and I start to invest. Those four actions will put you on the path to becoming an everyday millionaire. And just for clarification's sake, can you define millionaire? Because I know what some people might have that idea of like, oh, it means making a million plus a year or... Right. No. And a lot of people hear that. You're right. People hear millionaire, they think, oh, they got to make a million dollars a year. Not at all. Okay. I've worked with pro athletes and entertainers in Hollywood and New York. I've worked with people making a lot of money each and every year, but because of the debt that they had, they weren't keeping any of it. Right. So here's the reality. Millionaire simply means this. It's about what you own, the money in your 401ks, your investments, your bank accounts, your cars, your house, minus anything you owe on, anything you have debt on. So if you add up what you own minus what you owe on, if that end number is a million or more, congratulations, you're an everyday millionaire. And it doesn't take a big salary. No, it takes being intentional, being hardworking, understanding that building wealth takes time. And that you're goal-oriented. If you start to do those things and you work those processes and take those four actions I told you, 
budgeting, getting out of debt, saving and investing, I'm telling you, you set yourself up to get on that path. And people don't have excuses anymore because they have mentors like you that they can use from afar. Like you don't need to hire Chris Hogan to learn this stuff. He has books. He has so many resources online. Dave Ramsey, they're just so many. Speaking of resources, what are some of your favorite resources aside from your two books that I love? I can tell you this. Financial Peace University is a game changer. That's the nine-week course that we have where we're helping people walk through this process and showing them why it matters and how to do it. And people can learn more about that at my website, chrishogan360.com slash start now or slash FPU. We'll get them there. That and then Total Money Makeover. That book was the game changer for me. It was the wake up call that I needed to begin to look at this because I was making money in the banking and mortgage industry. The problem is I wasn't doing anything with it, right? I would get my, my W-2 back when I was working at the bank and see how much money came through my hands and I wasn't seeing it anymore. And then when I was self-employed, I had my K-1 and I still wasn't seeing it. But then I read that information and started to see it different. And I'm going to tell you, Elizabeth, the game changer was reading the stories of the people in the Total Money Makeover, hearing people that were worse off than me, but they did it. What that did was is light a fire in my heart to say, if they can do it, I can too. And that's essentially what I'm trying to do with the book, Everyday Millionaire. I want people to read these stories and know if these people can do it, so can Yes, absolutely. And who were some of your big influences and inspirations on your path here? Well, I'm going to tell you, throughout my life, there's been a common theme of the biggest inspirations in my life, and it's been the women in my life. My grandmother, my mom, my aunt, incredible teachers all throughout my life. They were the ones that really poured into me. And so incredible sense of inspiration. And so I'm very grateful for them. I can tell you, of that sensitive side, Chris. Oh, I, I feel, I'm telling you, I, I believe in people and I just know the power of encouragement. I know what can happen. I'm a recipient, right? And so I'm not just somebody that's doing it to do it. I know what can happen. I know tough times happen, but if you get the right people around you in your life and you've got those right foundations, I am a Christian, so I do believe in God. I'm unabashed about that. But when you have that, those kinds of relationships, it just helps you to stay rooted and focused even as you walk through a storm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That's so beautiful and so, so true. Well, any last words for our listeners about just, you know, if they're feeling like maybe now you've lit some kind of spark in them and they're starting to believe in themselves that this is possible, what, what would you want to leave them with today? Josh, I would just leave them with, don't stop believing, right? I think that's a journey song. It is. Sing it, but I, you don't want me singing. I want people to hear and understand that where you are right now is not the end result. Where you stand right now, regardless of the financial situation, is the opportunity for you to have a start point, for you to think differently about yourself, for you to think differently about what's possible, and for you to start to take actions that put yourself on that path. And I, I assure you, if you decide right now and you wake up tomorrow and you decide and you keep following that decision tree each and every day, you will achieve more than you ever thought possible. Nothing better to leave us with than that. You are a gift, Chris Hogan, and your work are treasures that we all need to be using and, and appreciating in its entirety. I know I do. So thank you so much for your time today. Thank you very much, Elizabeth. It was a pleasure to be with you. Thanks so much for hanging out with me today. Before you go, make sure you take a minute to subscribe to the show so you don't miss out on all of those amazing frommies freebies for my homies, obviously, and content that we're creating just for you. 
And if you liked today's episode, can you help us out and help us get this in the hands of more people by taking a screenshot of today's episode and sharing it with your friends, tagging me, passing it around on social media. Guys, we've got to get this mission and this movement out there to more people so that they are living their purpose and living out their dreams and getting paid for it well too. I'm also so thankful for all of the amazing feedback we've been getting in the reviews. So if this podcast is helping you grow, take a second and go review us on iTunes and be sure to check out today's show notes for more details and takeaways from the show. Until next week, guys, keep scaling up.